Google has been using and ranking very well AI-generated, machine-generated content for a long time. Just think about sports reports, stock prices, company information, all those directories that rank for company information. This is not human content. This is a database showing this content automatically with no human interference whatsoever. So we can expect that Google is just going to accept there is now content that's low quality where people just copy and paste. And there's going to be high quality content where Google with their AI can determine that there is some added value. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 998. Today we're chatting about SEO and AI and all those interesting juxtapositions. Well, we're seeing where is SEO at? We've heard from our other experts. We've talked about traffic. We've talked about copywriting. We've talked about teams. So continuing on in this AI series, I've brought along Gert Malik. Welcome to the call. Hey, James. So good to be here again. I've kind of like we've saved the best to last. Uh, we've got the most excited, passionate, technologically interested former developer, I think you are, to talk about this. So I know you're going to bring some punch to this discussion. We've had some really interesting discussions to see how it's affecting our business. And I'm super curious to know how it's impacting the SEO side of things. And just to sort of set this up nicely, I'm always uh, full of gratitude for what you're able to help us with for my own business. I recently had a client come on board who found us through an article that you told us to write, which we did and then ranked for. Awesome. And it turned into a conversion pathway. So get your stuff actually works. You're over there at seoleverage.com and you help our team with it. And, you know, as a customer and as a partner of yours and uh, as a friend, I'm really curious to know where we can go with this. But I'd like to know, like, firstly, what, if any, changes have you observed in the way that SEO is being done for your clients? It's really an interesting question. So first of all, is AI now with SEO in combination definitely ticks a lot of boxes for me. It's really much a, a rabbit hole and it's hard for me to get out. Well, I don't see you smile that often and, and you're already like, you're off the meat at this episode already. Like this, clearly this topic <laughs> is on, is something you love. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have, have been spending quite some time and there are a lot of ideas ahead for our SEO leverage platform a few years back that are now finally possible and easily doable actually for our developers as well. Because artificial intelligence really used to be something like for the academics and in university areas where they had their neural networks and I don't know what. But now this is accessible for a normal agency like ours and we are definitely able to really produce things that are in line with where our clients want to go. So SEO definitely partly has changed and we're going to talk about this, but it's also interesting to see that certain things never change. Yeah, that is interesting. It sounds like the internet in a way that was originally for military and universities and then made its way into households. Same with supercomputers. You know, the, the computers were for big companies and there was, uh, I think, was it the... Thomas Watson from IBM said the worldwide market of computers will be three. <laughs> and now we all have multiple devices. You know, so <laughs> it's here, it's coming, there's changes. We certainly use some of the features of AI in day-to-day business now in our own team and myself. Things like naming podcasts, coming out with page, a title of contents for book chapters, blog post ideas, social media post hooks, etc. As a research tool, it's been tremendous. I imagine there's some implications though, because when I think of SEO, of course, a lot of people go straight to link building. Like they think SEO equals link building, which I'm sure is probably not the case. 
But I usually think of it more in fundamental terms of giving the search engine what it really wants. And a lot of what it wants is fresh, fantastic content. Now, aren't they using AI on their side of the fence? Google actually and, and other search engines as well have been using AI for years. They just weren't talking about it too much. Their real focus is to make the search experience better. So whatever we can contribute now as an agency for our clients in order to improve Google users' search experience by leveraging AI is going to be great. We've been doing this for over two years now. Right now, AI starts to become mainstream, which is interesting. But we've been using AI tools for two years for content creation. I remember doing the first trainings for my team and the AI products were awful. Really, they were absolutely not user-friendly yet. And I told him, let's wait another year, another year or two. This is definitely going to come and I want everybody to be exposed to this. But now we're at a place where you do a training with a writing team and they kind of just getting a little bit worried. <laughs> there's really, we're going to talk about this, but for a writer, I think if you're good at, your, at what you're doing and really love what you're doing, there's no need to worry just yet. Oh, that's reassuring. So, yeah, I've been talking about uh, this for, I think, about six years on the podcast and then a couple of years ago. And then it was the consensus was it's going to happen slowly and then it'll happen quickly. And we're in the fast moving phase now. In fact, it's overhyped. There's people just wasting hours on mucking around with stuff that really is uh, probably taking them off track from just doing the things that are actually important in their business. Right. When I say examples of search engine, I know behind the scenes, they're probably using AI to present the most relevant search results for a client. But also when you type in a search term, they start to autofill, right? And to give you suggestions as you type mm -hmm. to help you out. Or in your Gmail account, and I know people can advertise into Gmail with paid traffic, et cetera, they start to sort of auto-respond the replies that it thinks you might want to write based on your content. So it's everywhere. We've all been using it. We just probably didn't know what they were doing behind the scenes. So is it kind of like a, our artificial intelligence versus the search engine artificial intelligence? Is this a battle? Is it who's going to have the most intelligent AI that can trick the other one? Or is, it, is there a simpler answer than that? I think the answer is that AI is going to be part of our daily life and it might be in the fridge and it might be in a coffee machine and it might be in your watch. It's definitely going to be in a lot of apps you have and it's just going to be standard. We're just going to expect certain things. I believe we are going to expect that when I open up an email program, it's going to help me write this email or already know what I'm probably going to write, right? I'm going to open up a, a Word document and I'm going to get some AI guidance for it. But this is only the content creation part. There's a lot more to AI we're not going to discuss today, but just think about video creation, image creation, all the image libraries that used to be out there. That Now you can pretty much auto-generate the images you actually want. Mm. And this is getting better and better and better. Let's wait for six months and see where this is then. But it's definitely moving fast. But at the same time, we also see, like you said, this overhyped period where it actually came out around the start of the year is really cooling down and everybody kind of got frustrated with AI at some point already and said, okay, it's not that straightforward that I type in what I want. It's going to be a magic wand that's going to do everything I want and then upload it to my WordPress blog and I'm going to rank and start getting clients. This is not what it is, right? Should you do that? Are you giving a specific warning here? Don't just ask it to generate something and then paste it onto your website? 100% as specific as it gets and especially don't expect AI to come back with something suitable if you just type in one prompt or one command. So it's about good prompts, so prompt engineering, about being a great communicator, about knowing what you want and then being able to assess and judge the quality of the outputs and then perhaps hand finishing it or adjusting it or changing it according to your own personal point of differentiation or voice or technical specs. I remember when we had the SEO business, 
we'd often have sticky situations with clients where they were like a pet vet or an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer and they had really specific you know factual components that were really hard for the writers or the team to generate unless they had been to you know done a course on that in university perhaps they can get much closer to the mark now with these sort of tools Absolutely. We just had a, had a lawyer who we really want to rank for a particular term. We know it's the perfect entry point for his client business. And essentially, the strategy was to create topical relevance. And I think it makes sense to explain this term a little bit. Topical relevance or topical authority, they call this very often as well, is when some when a brand talks a lot about, has a lot of about, uh, content about a particular topic, or talks a lot about a particular topic that search engines at some point say, yeah, hey, probably they know a thing or two about it. It's like the person you know that always talks about surfing, for example, right? After a while, you probably have an idea. They probably know how to surf. They probably have a few surfboards. They probably got barreled at some point. And then you kind of think, okay, if I have a surfing question, I know who to ask, right? We can simulate the same thing with SEO and strategic content creation. So for this particular client in the legal space, what we suggested was to create 50 different articles around this topic. Which pretty much the goal is to cover this topic entirely. So Google does not find any angle to this topic that wouldn't be covered on this platform, on his website. And this content needs to strategically be created and internally also linked together. So Google establishes connections between different pieces of content. And this would be a huge task, really daunting task, and especially difficult because it's technically it's not something my team can easily jump in and create now legal mm. text that actually makes sense we usually need a lot of client input so it's not only the cost to create this but also the input of the client giving us at least some bullet points telling us where to go down to what not to research what not to put in etc but now 50 articles in an age of ai generation is not that much anymore why because we can pretty much give our client we still need them we still need their expertise, but we can give them a really detailed outline, very detailed, where they just really pretty much fill in the blanks. That's amazing. Yeah, because in the old days when you'd say to a client, hey, we need 10 articles, then it's just like a waiting game. You wait and wait and then never come. And then you say, hey, I'll tell you what, how about we engage a writer for you and we'll have them written. And then you get them written and then you send them over for approval and then the waiting game starts, right? It's like... Yeah, we looked at them, but it doesn't really say what, what we do or there's still some technical things you can't say or that it should say. That's, and this is just filling in the gaps. So I can see, and, and it's particularly for the less technical fields, it must be extremely easy to generate content fairly quickly. So what you're saying is it's removed one of the stumbling blocks that people have to being able to get a result. 100%. We, we just ran our, our own test on the local website, for example where we really, just for testing purposes, copied and pasted content into the site, made a local business, fake local business, and it started ranking within a couple of weeks, I think, adding a few links to the mix to play around with this a little bit more and see how far we can get and possibly use it for lead generation or something. But it's definitely interesting. So if you're in a non-competitive market, where it's like, okay, there are really only a few players and most of them are probably not even engaging too much in SEO, really strategically placed content, position content and optimized content can absolutely do wonders in your market. And if you're in a competitive market, it's really very often a matter of finding a niche where you can say, okay, I can dominate this niche within my industry because I can create a lot of content about it that actually makes sense. But there's one important point that people very often don't discuss here, which is we need to add something to the discussion, right? 
we need to see ChatGPT isn't creative. ChatGPT doesn't create anything that wouldn't be out there in one shape or form. Because it's been lo like loaded up with information, it's just regurgitating from its available database. 100%. So it really needs this person or expert in the field that can add something. And this adding could be a customer story. Mm. This adding could be that we have a different methodology. This could be that we have a different tool to accomplish something, for example. But we need to add something. And this is also the, what Google values a lot in general. Well, the customer story would separate it from being artificial intelligence, right? Because it can't do personal stories. It can't do emotion very well. You know, so it has this sort of formulaic pattern about it. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today, actually a very smart guy, and he said, look, I think all the money is going to be in building tools on top of the AI. Mm -hmm. And I said, is that essentially prompt engineering? And he said, not really. Um, there's two components. There's the prompt, sure, but you have to train it and you train it by adding data and showing it examples of the outputs. You say, here's the prompt and this is a perfect output. Now go and make more like that. And you build up the tool using that process. I actually experienced this when I was showing my dad how to write his book. He's writing a book about his own life. Huh? And he couldn't believe that a computer could help him do that. And I said, well, you actually give it the prompts, you know, give me a suggested table of contents for a book about my own life. Right. And it spat it out instantly. And he's like, <laughs> wow. And then he said, but it doesn't know my stories. And I said, well, that's the cool thing. You now we can say, okay, now for chapter one, you know, like early life, write me a chapter and include these stories. And I said, tell me six stories about your early life, you know, like visiting a farm or going off to school early or the time that he did this or the time he did that. And it writes the chapter now with those stories in it. And now we're really getting progress. And you could stack those together and he could end up producing a book in a weekend mm -hmm. instead of over five years because it's filling in all the gaps. It's kind of like making an elaborate join the dots picture. And then you just come along and, you know, hand fill them in with some colored pen and now it looks pretty original and pretty cool. So I think that's a great story. What about if I had, say, an e-commerce store and I've just replicated the manufacturer's description for all of my products from every SKU, like most people do, and then they've got one of the 500 websites with the exact same description for the same product. Could we ask it to help us out with those sort of things? Absolutely. E-commerce sites are definitely going to embrace it. I just remember a conversation with a client the other day from Australia. And what he essentially said is, look, we upload 20, 30, 40 products every single day. And the, the most normal thing that's going to happen is that we just copy and paste this from the manufacturer. Like you say, there's no chance this can rank. It's exactly the same mm. as on a lot of other websites. So either we spend the effort, which is very often on low-priced products, not even worth it. Spend the effort to uh, create a custom product description that hopefully also is has a sales focus, or you just leave it without a product description or you leave it with a manufacturer. And now with AI, you can actually be creative very, very fast. So you still need a human putting some value to this, but you could extract like key takeaways, key facts, characteristics out of the manufacturer description, right? Those are going to be everywhere the same. Google is not going to know if you pick the characteristics and they're not even going to care if they know. There is also this risk, for example, the assumption that Google is going to punish AI-created content mm -hmm. and is going to detect it it's probably, like we see in recent weeks, not even that much of an issue as people thought initially, and it was more about getting content out there that's not detectable. It's really about finding a way to add your additional value to this piece of content rather 
than just copying and rewriting what else is out there. So Google has been using and ranking very well AI-generated, machine-generated content for a long time. Just think about sports reports, stock prices, company information, all those directories that rank for company information. This is not human content. There's a database showing this content automatically with no human interference whatsoever. So we can expect that Google is just going to accept there is now content that's low quality where people just copy and paste. And there's going to be high quality content where Google with their AI can determine that there is some added value. Okay, now just a big thought occurred to me and this might be controversial. You and I, we've both been talking about Google this, Google that for the whole podcast. But is there a paradigm shift happening? Is the Microsoft involvement with ChatGPT and incorporating into their Bing results, is this power play going to mean that people start using Bing again? I mean, this sounds weird coming out of my mouth because we've been in a Google-obsessed world for a long time. But, you know, when you and I both started before Google, there were other search engines, you know, back in the day. And remember there was Ask Jeeves and Alta Vista and (laughs) Yahoo and MSN and Lycos and I'm just thinking of all these things even way back, Mosaic. And then, you know, Google just took over and had the dominant share. Is there a chance that we should be optimizing for somewhere else or is there a chance people stop using Google? Will they just use AIs? And, uh, you know, in my previous podcast, uh, Lloyd mentioned there was a browser add-on for Chrome where you can, when you Google something, it shows you an AI response in the right-hand column or whatever. So, I'm finding since I installed it on my phone, I'm going to the AI tool about equal to Google. I'm, you know, if if my roller door for my garage needs a service, I'll go to Google. If a friend of mine or a family member has some symptoms or whatever, then I'll go to Dr. GP chat, right? (laughs) And and tell it what the symptoms are and and ask it what it could be. Now I trust that more and uh, I get more accurate results. And because I can iterate on the responses, which you can't do in Google, Mm -hmm. does that mean we're going to see a mass user behavior change? I would expect behavior is going to adjust a little bit. I don't see Bing taking over. We're still talking about 3% market share, I think, or two point something in Australia, for example. So optimize, first of all, a lot of SEO optimizations are valid equally for both sites. What we can expect definitely is there's going to be a shift from an optimization point of view more towards the brand to make sure that AI actually understands as much as possible what the brand is about, who the brand wants to work with, etc., with simple terms on your website very explicitly. On the user side of things, I would believe Bing is probably because they seem to be a little bit more aggressive. I wouldn't even say advanced. They're more aggressive putting things out where Google has a lot of more fears about possible brand issues when something might come out as, as biased, as racist, as whatever. Because ChatGPT, obviously, there's always somebody who convinces the machine to do things it's, it's not supposed to do, and this could impact their brand. It doesn't want to talk about pandemics. It doesn't want to talk about vaccines. It doesn't want to talk about politics. It doesn't want to talk about gender topics, etc. Like it's it's already been neutered in many ways. Like right. whoever's programmed it has definitely got a you know preset notion of the worldview, and it's going to serve up results around that. And the thing that's really fascinating with it is the iterative state. If you're not happy with the results, you can keep refining and refining. Actually, a lot like my daughter when she's trying to get the right song to play on a voice-activated robot like Siri or Google, she'll keep iterating until she gets the one she wants. I think the interesting part is going to be where are we happy to reiterate and where are we going to expect to make a three-second assumption. Like right now when you're Google something, Google very often either knows what you want 
or they give you different options. And within seconds, if not milliseconds, we are able, we have just been trained over the years, right? We are able to find what we're looking for and mostly on the first page, mostly on top half. I agree. People don't want to do iterations. Exactly. And it's not the same experience. So I think there are going to be use cases where it's like, okay, it's easier for me to put in the symptoms than finding a site that has a filter where I can select the different symptoms. It's easier to just speak it into a voice assistant or into the chat and then have a few iterations. Perfect. Absolutely. Uh, 100% okay. But there are going to be a lot of other use cases where people are going to want the search experience. And they also want to know where the data comes from. The data is very often plain wrong. It's completely invented. You ask about facts and they just make it up. It's confidently wrong. It absolutely makes it up. So it helps a little <laughs> bit, just as a side note, to sometimes ask it for the source. So give me the three top income cities in the United States and the source, and they might give you the source and then it's maybe a little bit more accurate, but you cannot trust the single fact it puts out. That's very interesting. And so where does that place us in terms of article writers? Do we still need those? Do they need to be more technically educated so that they are good at the prompts and that they understand if the outputs are actually good or bad? I would definitely say there is going to be no place for junior writers. Right. Absolutely not. And there wasn't last year, pretty much. Well, that's what I think. I think the robot is already up to the point of a university graduate. 100%. And, this, and also, I think there is going to be a really good place for expert writers. If you're a legal expert and you can judge on AI content that's in the legal space and you're able to see, is this good? Is this bad? Can I tweak it? Etc. So expert writers are always going to have a job, I believe. And then if you're a writer, you definitely need to upskill. And this is what I have been telling my team in the last two years. And I said, guys, we're not going to hire junior writers anymore. Whoever is here needs to embrace AI as a tool to move, be more efficient, to be, uh, reduce research time, give more creative, more resources into, into the creative process of writing, actually make this sound like our clients, content sounds, etc., brand voice, things like those. So I believe we definitely are still hiring writers, <laughs> just as a side note. We're not going to get rid of anyone. We actually hire experienced writers, but it definitely has changed a lot. Wow. And I mean, I think it, there's a chance it's going to speed up. I'm wondering if you're a junior writer, it's like, this is kind of bad news. I don't have juniors in my team. I have a recruitment business and we're hiring people who are starting out as juniors as VAs. I think those roles are good because they can augment and use these tools and mm -hmm. build around your business and learn your business values and, and mission and, and figure out how they can support the growth of the business like my team do. And over time, they can grow into your team. I think it would be hard to replace that at the moment. There was someone made an offhand comment on one of my posts that you don't need VAs anymore because AI can do everything. And I said, no, absolutely, it can't. It can't do everything. It's not able to go through my content, find the right stuff and send out an email broadcast or answer a support ticket properly or do my bookkeeping effectively or you know have the ability to judge which of the snippets is most likely a match for our audience, et cetera. Not yet. And I've said to my team, you know, we're all on this ride and we're all enjoying this together and we're still sticking around because I think we're still years away from the point where it's really challenging us in that regard and everyone in my team's good. So what's your overarching message as a result of this episode? Uh, from what I'm hearing, I'll just do a quick recap and then you can add on to this, Gert. Yeah. AI has changed the way that we can create content. It can speed up the research and development process for the content and combined with a good strategy, it can now get you high quality at high volume as long as there's a human operator jockeying that, validating if the material is good or not, and that you're actually operating under the right strategy 
and you can still use the value from Google in particular is still a strong search engine. That's sort of the sound bites I'm getting from this episode. 100%. It's a tool that makes you much more efficient, allows you to do more of the right things, but you definitely need an overall strategy that you actually know what to do with all this, what you're creating, right? There's a chance that people now go out and create 20 articles and they just put them up and they're not going to work. They're not going to rank. They're not going to do anything because you need to do things within an overall strategy that brings you closer to your goals. And otherwise, you're just generating random traffic, which is also not going to convert. A large portion of people that come to me have traffic on their website that doesn't do anything. So this is where really the conversion focus comes in. We haven't even talked about, right? So you create, you have a machine, create something that doesn't know your goals, doesn't know what you want to achieve. You might even get traffic maybe out of it temporarily, but it's definitely not going to be the right traffic you want. Nice. So get, how do we get in touch with you if we want to have a chat about getting some help with our SEO? Yeah, this would be great. Just head over to seoleverage.com, book in a call with me. We have a chat, develop a little bit of an action plan of what makes sense and see if this is a good fit. And will you tell someone if they're not a good fit? 100%. We definitely <laughs> want to. We, we look at everybody who comes to a call as a potential case study. And if I can't see the case study in this call, I usually advise to either look into other channels or other agencies. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for coming to share. It's always a pleasure. We're going to put up the show notes at episode 998 at jamesramco.com. As Geert Malek from SEO Leverage, always a treasure trove of SEO and technical information. And I'm excited. Hopefully you'll come back and tell us the developments as you see changes in the marketplace. I'd love to. Thank you so much, James. It's always great. This is James Schramko. 